Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is... This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Uh, kind of a interesting past couple of days here. Uh, I was down in the DR with Fathom, the new Carnival Corp brand. Uh, we'll be touching on that show in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I only did a partial trip. I had to come back here for an appointment. So uh, I tried to fly out on Wednesday. Flight was canceled after waiting in the airport for eight hours. They finally canceled the flight. So they pushed us to the next day and then finally got home at midnight last night. But uh, So it's good to be home. Fathom is such a great uh, – we had a great time out there and a great cause. So uh, we'll be airing some interviews from that trip over the next couple of weeks as well. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, not on the show this week. He was actually uh, canceled with me out of the DR. So he uh, got tied up today playing catch-up. So Jason Leopard is checking in. He just got back from – Harmony of the Seas doing a shipyard tour. That uh, shipyard tour. That's Royal Caribbean's new ship. Also, we'll get a review of Carnival Inspiration, Imagination. One of those Carnival Eye fantasy class ships here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, but first, a couple of housekeeping things. Cruise Radio News. Check us out there. Just type in Cruise Radio News in Facebook and like our group. Also, Snapchat. We're on there having fun, snapping our way through different ships and different trips. Uh, that's Cruise Radio. All right. A lot of new ships coming out in 2016. Ain't no secret there. Jason Leopard from TravelPulse.com just got back from France where he did a shipyard tour of Royal Caribbean's upcoming ship, Harmony of the Seas. Jason's on the line right now what's up jason hey how's it going good man so uh, i'm excited to hear all about this shipyard tour you did because i've never been to a shipyard and it sounds really really exciting so uh before we actually get to the shipyard itself take a step back and talk to us a little bit about this trip and what it's designed to do yeah, well, this trip was really just meant to be a teaser to kind of you know build on the excitement of this new ship coming out. It is going to be the third Oasis class ship, and in fact, it's going to be the largest ship in the world when it comes out. It's oops, sorry about that, <laughs> getting a little text message here. But yeah, it's going to be the the you know the largest ship in the world when it comes out because it's going to be slightly larger than the Oasis of the Seas and the Allure of the Seas. So this time, it's going to be a little bigger, and it's going to have quite a few uh, new features actually. Paint a picture for us. So you get over to the shipyard in France, and you're seeing this massive ship. It, was it out of water, or was it in water? It was already in water, but what was really neat was the Oasis 4, they're building a fourth one too, was also under construction. So the fact that that was there, the superstructure was starting to take shape. You could really see the blocks, and it, it's like a giant Lego project, you know? It's like, but it's by no means a toy when you're out there. It's like, you know, it's like taking this erector set and a Lego set and all these things. Um, my dad's a building contractor, so I was just geeking out. He was actually there with me, and we just had a chance to see all this and to really see it in that stage first. Uh, is remarkable because we actually stood under the keel and this thing is just massive standing above you, you know, and to realize that the harmony of the season when we went and saw that was, you know, finally floating in water and to see where it had come from was just remarkable. It's really cool. Well, let's take a step on the ship. And uh, so you were there two or three months before its uh, debut. I believe it's coming out in May of 2016. What was it like? Like how far along is a ship, uh, the decor and everything when, when you're on the ship this early in the game? Yeah, it's pretty far along. I mean, definitely the entire superstructure was entirely complete. 
Um, you, you know, you walk like the Royal Promenade and there's a lot of scaffolding and things. And, you know, you start having uh, different artisans come in. They're starting to install the tile. But you can really start to see, you know, okay, this, this room is going to be this. Or the Bionic Bar, which is new, that's going to be here. And it's just really neat because you, you get a sense for the space overall. But you have to imagine, you know, okay, what are the details going to be like? What is the, the aesthetic going to be? But you, you really start to see that come to shape. And it's really fun, really fun. Hey, how about the state rooms? Are those, like, completed? It was interesting. They're, they actually build those different there. In a lot of locations, they build them like modular and they slip them in. This one, they were building a lot of them like one at a time. And uh, rather than slipping them in, they're kind of being built onto the spot. And they had some that were entirely done and some that were completely empty. So we saw basically everything from the shell uh, for some of the suites that hadn't been done yet. And you get to see how big those are and they look great. So the new ones, and they're going to actually be bringing on a little bit of the quantum of the seas style of stateroom design on that. So rather than having um, sort of a side closet that takes up a little bit more room, they're doing kind of the, the closets that kind of go over the uh, the bed there, kind of like bridging over it where you have like the side left closet and the side right closet, kind of a his and hers. Uh, so that's actually affording more space in these staterooms, which is kind of cool. Well, the, this ship, Harmony of the Seas, is going to have a lot of new features that its sister ships, Oasis and Allure of the Seas, don't have. And we'll hit some of these. So it's going to have a this killer slide. We'll talk about all about this slide in just a second. Um, it's going to have a bionic bar, Wonderland, and some different cabin configurations. So let's start back at the top and talk about this slide because uh, did I read this right? It's a 10-story slide? Yeah, so Gosh. it starts at the very top of the ship and works its way all the way down, basically over the aqua theater, uh-huh. uh, down into the boardwalk area. And unfortunately, it wasn't installed yet. Apparently, it's coming from a German manufacturer and hadn't been uh, delivered yet. But they showed us this rendering um, and kind of like a slide through, I guess you could call it. And it, it was amazing. It's actually not going to be a water slide. And I asked about this. Like, why is it a water slide? Or why is it not a water slide? Why is it a dry slide? And they said that they tested it in both passions. And they actually said it was scarier as a dry slide. So apparently you get on kind of like a burlap uh, sack kind of thing, uh-huh. and you start at the top, and the platform you even have to get out onto is see-through, so you're basically suspended over the aqua theater to begin with, and you get on this this, this sack, and you uh, spiral down pretty fast, I guess, and it's got lighting effects and sound effects, and can't wait to try it, yeah, that's for sure. That's going to be awesome. Uh, also, we're going to see a bionic bar, which we've seen on Anthem and Quantum of the Seas. Talk to us about this. Yeah, so the champagne bar um, on the, the Oasis and the Allure um, is making way for a Bionic bar, and this time it's going to be pretty much the same hardware as it is on the Quantum class. They said they've updated the software a little bit to make it a little bit more uh, intuitive for users um, to basically order their drink. But basically the same idea, you're going to have the two uh, robotic arms there making drinks, and it's a really fun show, as we know. It's, it's actually really interesting because I remember, remember we were on Anthem and at nighttime, like they were dancing to techno music yeah. that the robots were. Right, <laughs> right. They so kind of cool. take a break from their day job just to dance around a little, right? That was so cool. Uh, well, also, yeah. we're also going to see Wonderland on there, which is kind of a unique take on cruise ship dining. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, uh, you know, obviously a little wilder kind of imaginative cuisine. And this is a restaurant that was introduced on the Quantum class, and they're going to be bringing it on board the Harmony of the Seas for the first time. And on board, it's actually going to be twice the size. It's going to overlook the uh, the boardwalk area with a really nice uh, double-decker glass window and really cool view off the back of the ship there. And, uh, you know, again, it was, you know, in rough uh, construction still, but you could start to see just kind of how... You know the wild shapes are taking place. A lot of a lot of wild curves and really cool lighting that they're doing, and that so that's going to be really fun to see. 
And last but not least, some of the one of the new features on this ship is different cabin configurations. Now, when you say different cabin configurations, are, are you talking about the interior as far as like the his and her types closets, or are we seeing different floor plans as well? Yeah, primarily um, when, I, when I meant cabin configuration, I was, I was talking about the, the left and right kind of his and hers mm-hmm. cabinet configuration. And the, the decor uh, primarily is more uh, taking from the quantum class. So not really a different configuration so much as it's just making them a little bit larger in the way that they're taking advantage of the space, which is definitely an advantage for people when you're on board. You need that extra uh, storage space as much as you can. So that's that's really wise that they're doing that. And they're also bringing out their royal genies on board this, which for uh, the upper uh, echelon of suites, they basically have these personalized assistants that basically know like you know not just your you know your the way you take your coffee and things but like what kind of music you like even and, and really just personalizing your experience and that's rolling out on this ship so that's really cool how is the balcony space on these ships uh you know i didn't actually make it out into the balcony no. but i believe it's pretty good size yeah gotcha um would that be comparable you think to like anthem and oasis I would say so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, we're going to see uh, some changes from Allure and Oasis coming on board Harmony of the Seas. It looks like they're going to uh, move the Starbucks location. Yeah, so rather than it being in the Royal Promenade, mm-hmm. um, I think they decided they needed a little bit more room uh, as far as maybe the lines, that kind of thing. Uh, they're actually bringing it out um, to the boardwalk. So it's going to be across from the uh, Johnny Rockets location, and it's going to have its own little storefront, and I think it'll be a good spot for it, actually. I think it makes more sense there. And they're also rather going to expand the solarium? Yeah, they're actually stretching that a little bit and kind of terracing it a little different, so there's actually going to be more room, I think, for loungers and the like. So that'll be neat. And uh, I was reading about the fitness pods on here. First off, what is a fitness pod, and what are they doing with it? Yeah, so what they've done is actually the, um, I guess you could say more of the traditional promenade deck. They've taken one of the lifeboats and moved it back farther, and where the very front lifeboat was, they've actually made kind of a cantilevered deck area where they're going to have um, essentially alfresco fitness. So it's going to have you know different equipment out there and a really nice view um, of the, the passing waves, and you can actually just go out there and uh, enjoy a little bit of fresh air while you're getting uh, your workout. That's awesome. So we're going to see this ship hit, oh, it's already hit the water, but uh, go into service in May, which is like just a little over a month away. She's coming to Florida, correct? Yeah, coming to Florida. So it'll be great for the Caribbean. Yeah, South Florida. Uh, I think she'll be going to Port Everglades, and then we'll have, I think we'll have Oasis uh, moving to Port Canaveral later on this year, too. So uh, a lot of big things happening. Uh, Jason, final thoughts of Harmony of the Season. What are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to that Ultimate Abyss, man. I gotta try that. And, uh, you know, I, I said it's not a water slide, but they actually are gonna have water slides in addition for the first time on Royal Caribbean. I mean, they, they brought them out on some of the other ships they're rolling them out now, um, but this is going to be the first new build to have them. And uh, even the other water slides look really cool. They have uh, what they're calling uh, the perfect storm, and it's a trio of slides. They have two racers, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a champagne slide, too. So I'm looking forward to trying out all of those, you know, strapping on my GoPro and uh, getting them all filmed for you guys. Nice. Well, I know you'll be sailing on the inaugural of Harmony of the Seas, so uh, I want you to come back on and talk to us about it when you get back. Definitely. I'd love to. been talking with Jason Leopard from TravelPulse.com. Jason, my friend, thanks for checking in, and good talking to you, man. Good talking with you. Always a pleasure. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. 
six years, nine years, 10 years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. JT and his wife just returned from a four-night Mexico cruise on Carnival Inspiration out of Long Beach, and he joins us on the line right now. What's up, JT? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. So uh, you were on Carnival Inspiration. is one of the first fantasy-class ships to get the fun ship 2.0 upgrade, so excited to talk all about that with you here in a bit. But before we get to the ship itself, let's take a step back and give me your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail Carnival Inspiration out of Long Beach? Well, first of all, my wife and I just wanted to get away you know, from the original world of life and just have a, a short cruise where we can get away from everything. Okay, very good. And how, how are those Long Beach cruises uh, priced on the West Coast? Like a four-night, pretty affordable? Yeah, they're, they're pretty reasonable. Um, what I did this time, which I've never done before, was I booked it. Uh, I didn't pay it off. Uh, I didn't pay it in full, and I set up a price alert. And for about three weeks, it constantly dropped. The first alert I got, it took it down $142 for the room. And then the next time it was forty dollars, and then the third time it was another forty-two down. So it continuously went down for about three weeks. So it made it even more cost-effective. That, that's awesome. Now, when they uh, when they do a price adjustment like that, does that change your final payment, or does that give you onboard credit? If you haven't made your final payment, mm-hmm. it, it adjusts the overall price. Okay. If you've made your final payment, what they would do is give you onboard credit, like you said. Okay, cool. Uh, what? Just curious, what service did you use for that? Cruise, oh boy! Um, it was an alert through Shipmate, the Shipmate app. Oh yeah, so cruiseline.com. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool service there. Um, nice. Well, let's yeah. talk about the ship. You get to Long Beach. How was embarkation for Carnival Inspiration? Well, actually, for us, it was really smooth. We took advantage of the faster the fun program that Carnival offers. We got out of the car and we were on the ship in 15 minutes. So for us, uh, it was pretty fast. Nice. Uh, what were your first impressions of Carnival Inspiration? Um, this is the second time we've sailed uh, the Inspiration. Uh, the first time was almost two years ago. And I felt two years ago that it was probably definitely in need of some upkeep, some work, and you know that it just came out of dry dock. Uh, it definitely seemed like they, they uh, tidied things up, cleaned things up. There were some new uh, additions, not, not just the additions, but changes in some of the decor and stuff like that. So it kind of looked like refreshed. Yeah, nice. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? 
this is the very first time that we've ever had an interior stateroom. We've always done balconies. Mm -hmm. And actually, I was impressed with the amount of space. We had more than enough room for two people. The bathroom might have been a little tight. Um, especially around the commode area. You know, I'm kind of a big guy, so it was a little tight. But overall, the room was plenty of space for two of us. Nice. Uh, what deck were you on? We were on the main deck. Main deck. deck. I think that's deck five. Yeah, deck five. Okay, yeah, very nice. Uh, let's talk about dining aboard Carnival Inspiration. Of course, we were just talking about the ship underwent a massive dry dock before you sailed on it, so it got uh, like Guy's Burger Joint and a couple of other new options. So let's start at the Lido Deck area and work our way out from there. So what were your thoughts of the buffet area? I'll be honest. I thought the buffet was just was, was okay. It, mm-hmm. was, you know, it was average. I didn't have any complaints. The only issue that I had with the buffet, and I've never experienced it, uh, I've been on a couple, two or three other Carnival ships, they did shut the buffet down at about three o'clock, and it wouldn't open until six, uh-huh. which kind of su- which kind of surprised me. You know, uh, I've been on, like I said, I've been on a couple other carnival ships, and and they would close one and leave one open, mm-hmm. and then swap it. You know, so they completely closed the buffet. So that was kind of a little bit disappointing. But with the additions uh, that you talked about, uh, especially Guy's Burgers, I ate a Guy's Burger every day, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes a couple of them really like the burgers, and I'm not a burger guy, and they probably have the best fries I've ever had. So that made it, for me, the buffet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, you were on a four-night sailing. Did you get above 10 burgers? No. No, no. okay. I was going to well, say, no, like me, 3, the wife burgers. and I did. The wife and I did, probably, but not, <laughs> not me by myself. Uh, I, I had um, 11 one time on a seven-night sailing and those things are like oh. what 3500 calories a piece or whatever i'm like ah oh, i gained like right. nine pounds that cruise i think not for- yeah and i i wanted to try all of them but i found and i don't remember what the it has the onion ring and the uh, barbecue sauce on it the ringer and i just yeah i just kept going back to that one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it was great let's uh let's talk about the main dining room uh what time dining did you have we did early six o'clock, and I enjoyed. To me, for me, uh, that part of cruising, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, you you know that first night, you, you strangers, you don't really talk, and and as the cruise, you know, you get to know each other a little bit more. And then each day at dinner time, you hey, what did you do today? Where did you guys go? What did you see? You know, so that's a to me, that's a really I really enjoyed that about cruising. But the food in the main dining area was great, not a complaint. I'm a lava cake junkie. I absolutely love it. I had one every night. Uh, my weight, my weight staff, they were great. Uh, you know, I, I, the first night I told him, I said, I don't like green on my plate. I don't, you know, so he, he joked with me, but he made sure he was, no, that's got a green vegetable. And you know, so he made sure that, that, you know, I was taken care of. Cool. What was your favorite meal in the main dining room? Probably on this prime rib, probably the prime rib. Prime rib. Okay. Yeah. Followed by the yeah, lava cake, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah, well, for me, like I said, the, the main dining is, is the food was great, and I don't have any issues with it, but for me, really, that, that main dining room experience is to get to know some people and you know, over a short period of time, uh, you know, I've done cruises with my kids in the past, and they still talk to people, kids that they met on a cruise ship two, three years ago. Yeah. So it's an experience. It's an experience in itself, and that's what I really enjoy about it. Uh, let's talk uh, before we move on to entertainment. Did you go to the taco place? Uh, what's it called? The Blue Iguana Cantina. Yes, I did try the Blue Iguana Cantina, and I thought the food was good. I think I 
over, I heard a bunch of stuff and kind of got hyped up about it because I, really, you know, being from San Diego, I really enjoy Mexican food. Mm-hmm. But for me, for me, the food was good. Didn't have any complaints, but I just found myself going back to guys every single time. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll talk about entertainment now. Let's uh, kind of hit on the main production shows first and kind of branch out from there with the comedy and the music and all that. So, what did you think of the stage shows on the ship? You know, for us this time, we normally we do we try to sh- see a, a show a night whether it be a comedy show and or uh, the com- uh, comedy or stage. But this time we kind of took it just relax and get as much rest as we possibly could. Cool. Uh, we went we went to the live morning show one that first C day, and uh, I ended up on stage, which I never do. And I ended up on the TV. And since I was such a good sport, they gave me, a, I think it was like a $120 bracelet from my wife. And then... Night number three, I think it was, Hasbro, the game show. The place was absolutely packed from top to bottom. And I didn't know what to expect because there were going to be a bunch of kids, but the atmosphere was just so much fun and such a good time. And at first, I was like, okay, I'm going to regret coming here. And by the time we left, you know, the, my mood was totally changed. The kids were having a good time. The parents were high-fiving their kids. It was just a great experience, and I'm really glad we went. We never did get to go. We, we never made to any other shows. I think we tried to do karaoke one night, and but it was just too packed. So yeah, that, that's really about all we did this time for shows and entertainment. Cool. Let's talk about sea days on the ship, as far as the public spaces inside and outside, like by the pool and the lines for the burgers and all that. Uh, how did the ship handle on sea days, as far as passenger flow? You know, like I said, we've been on this ship before, and and we had something interesting happen when we got on the ship. Uh, we, you know, you go and do your mustard drill. And there was a loudspeaker saying that sea day had been changed. Well, the day before that, there had been an oil spill in L.A. Harbor. Mm-hmm. Well, for those for those who've been to Catalina, that is a um, tender port, and those boats come from L.A. Harbor. So what they did was the imagination didn't get into Catalina that first day, so they swapped us. So we ended up that first day, instead of going to Catalina, we went on a sea day. And uh, a storm had just passed, so it was a little bumpy, but I didn't see anybody getting sick. I know we did not. Um, people were still on the deck. It was probably not as warm as it could have been, but people were still on the deck, you know, having some drinks, eating some guys' burgers, dancing, throwing the bean bags. You know, so we're, we're people watchers, so we really enjoy, you know, watching people and, and, and watching them dance and, and have a good time. I didn't realize that Catalina was so close to L.A. Well, it's really not that close. It's 22 miles, and, mm. and uh, you know that's probably three-hour boat ride across, three yeah. or four, in a regular boat. But I, I didn't know that either. I, I thought those boats anchored up or something like that. But nope, they bring them in every day uh, from L.A. Harbor. Wow, interesting. Let's talk about what ports you hit. You hit Catalina, and what was the other one you went to? It's not a Mexico. Gotcha. So uh, let's take a step back then. How was Catalina for you? Did you wind up getting off the ship, or did you just kind of chill out there? So since we had taken uh, advantage of the faster the fun, we had priority tendering. So mm-hmm. we were on the first first group to the island. So we were fortunate enough to get on the island before pretty much anybody else on the ship and, and kind of got to see Catalina on the quiet side. Mm-hmm. We met up with a couple from our dinner table, and we took a two-hour self-tour uh, around Avalon on a golf cart and got to see the kind of quiet side. In the afternoon, though, we took an excursion on a Hummer tour to the 
the deep side of the island, the unincorporated side, and we got to see some bald eagle, some deer, and we got a one a single buffalo. We saw a buffalo, wow. which not a lot of people get to see them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was pretty cool. That that is really cool. How about Ensenada? How was that for you? This is the second time we've been to Ensenada. The first time we went there, we didn't do a tour, and we really weren't impressed with it. So this time we said, okay, let's do it different. Let's do a tour. And uh, we got in, we took a, an excursion. It was the Taste of Mexico. So what they did is they take you around downtown Ensenada for a little bit with some historical side and then took us to a restaurant and we made homemade salsa, mm-hmm. which is a lot more work than I anticipated. <laughs> so I'll, I'll continue to buy it from a jar. Right. And then we made fish tacos. Cool. So we had homemade salsa and fish tacos and it was really good, you know, to do it by, oh, and tortillas, you know, that's what it takes in Mexico. You get to do that all yourself and, and had a great time. And then at the end, the tour guide said, we got about an hour. Uh, we're going to go into, into Ensenada and do a little bit of shopping. And she gave, gave everybody some tips. And, and I said, you know, we're, we really just want to kind of head back a little bit. We're going to stop off at, at Starbucks. Well, cause Starbucks has Wi-Fi hotspot. Mm-hmm. We didn't do, we didn't do anything, you know, for internet while we were on the boat. So we took the opportunity to walk over to Starbucks, hopped on, checked our email. My wife got her fluffy coffee. And uh, that's about a 10-minute walk from the port. So we walked back on our own. And, and uh, it was great. It was a good good day. Very cool. Um, you were mentioning that you kind of hung out like at Starbucks and went back to the ship. When you walk off the pier in Ensenada, is there stuff to do there? Or do you have to actually take a shuttle into town somewhere? Yeah, so there's like a little uh, shopping venue. It's probably like five or ship, five or six little uh, private shops. Mm-hmm. But to get into town, you have to either walk yourself or take a shuttle, take a bus into to one of your excursions. Okay, gotcha. And uh, so you make your way back to Long Beach. How was the disembarkation process for you? I know you said you had faster to the fun. So how did that play into things? Well, we had never done self-assist. We had always just, you know, like almost everybody else, set your luggage out the night before. But since we did do Faster the Fun, we were in the first debarkation group. And this time we did self-assist. So since we were in the first group again, we actually timed it. From the time they got us to the time we got into our car, it was 12 minutes. So, yeah, I really can't complain about that. Uh, We've only ever been on carnival and we've done faster the fun three of the four times and this was the first time we did self-assist and it's the money the fifty dollars per room is so worth it to me for priority boarding priority disembarkation it's just it's well worth the money yeah for sure um well how about uh, some first time tips you may have for people sailing out of the west coast out of long beach or sailing carnival inspiration Right now for Long Beach, I think they, I, I don't know if there was construction or if they're getting ready for the Long Beach Grand Prix, but there was a bunch of detours. So, you know, it took us around to the parts that we had never seen before. So, and those detour signs come up really fast. So pay attention to those detour signs because you, you will end up somewhere else. You know, of course, faster than the fun. You can still take on a 12 pack, an unopened 12 pack of, of uh, soda, canned soda. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you like to do that, you can't do water anymore. They, they took that uh, plastic bottle water. You can't do that anymore. We had always taken a surge protector with USB for uh, phones and cameras and whatnot. Uh, they've done away with that. You can take a power strip, but not a surge protector. So because there's really never enough plugs. That's really about it. 
Okay. Nice. Well, in closing, what are your final thoughts of Carnival Inspiration? For an older vessel, like you said, it was one of the first fantasy class. The dry dock really did it some justice. It's cleaned up. It's refreshed, spruced up. Uh, the additional, you know, Friendship 2.0, I think even the, the waterworks is bigger for the kids. The guy's burger is absolutely awesome. I also heard rumors of some new guys on some of the newer ships. I look forward to those, but we were very happy with our uh, investment because it is an investment and that's our time and our money and that's our vacation. But we were very happy with the crew and, and the way the ship handled and, and uh, just had a great time. Very nice. We've been talking with JT out of San Diego, California. Him and his wife just returned from a four-night Mexico cruise out of Long Beach. JD, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us, and have a great evening. Uh, You too. Thank you. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.